Um, I want us to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. The sermon for today is called Extending Forgiveness. Genesis chapter 50 from verse 15. The Bible says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their, mes when, when their message came to him, Joseph wept. Verse 18. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Even as we sit at your feet to just learn from you, O oh God. Father, help us to grapple with this text and to put it in context in a manner that it will apply to our lives because we believe that it is for the transformation it is for the changing. It is for us to have life and life in abundance. I thank you because we know that God, even as we sit at your feet today, Father, we know that we will never be the same again. Thank you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. 
you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Father, we thank you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Sometimes it's easy to just sing such songs. But when we get the right context and we apply it into our lives, scripture comes to life. You know, when we speak about the life of Joseph, I know it's so easy to read through it, but it becomes a different thing when you walk through it and you live through it. It's so easy to speak about how this young man was thrown in the prison cell. And then he rises and becomes second in command. But today, I want us to speak something that we rarely talk about. Something that we rarely talk about because we speak about from grass to grace. We speak about the things that Joseph went through and, and, and he, he came to a time that he rises up. But that portion of scripture, the one that says that you guys meant it for evil. But God turned it for but God is faithful. God has done it. Families are quite unique. We find that families are, 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 are interesting when it comes to, to, to hierarchy and the mother and then there's the children and between the father and the mother there's something called the marriage marriage subsystem and the subsystem is how the parents govern the children the parents go about how family should be and then we go back go down to the to the sibling subsystem and this is where you find that um, there, there are some children that can rise up and become like the heroes the children can rise up and you find some people are actually a mascots the people that crack jokes in in families and you find that there are some that are learned some are more educated you find that there are some um, uh, um, when a family is dysfunctional dysfunctional you find that there are some children that rise up as as the black sheep and and whenever something happens bad to the family it's actually that person you find something is lost um, for for if your sisters and your dress someone has worn it you just know it's the other one the black sheep if there's something that is lost in the house be it cups be it money i remember my dad used to leave some money on top of a certain place if the money was not there i just knew it was my sister and you see how sad in as much as families become dysfunctional and a family becomes dysfunctional when you find that the needs are not being met. When you find that the children in the subsystem are not playing 
their roles. When you find that um, 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 the, the parents are not playing their roles, that's why you find that someone can rise up and become the hero. And if the person rises up, maybe the father is drunkard or the mother is an absentee mother because they are chasing the American dream. I don't know whether we have a Kenyan dream. And you find that they, they are at a place whereby the children sees there's something that is wrong with this family. So they have to rise up like the hero and the rest of the family members see that, ah, we are okay. The hero is the one that manze anosha vyombo like kilasa. The hero anapiga duster. The hero, you find that the hero ndo kama chopiko class. You find that the hero does almost everything. And then there's the mascot. The mascot is the one that comes and just cracks jokes every time. But if you don't read in between the message that they are saying, they are trying to pass a message that, guys, our family is dysfunctional. And so when we get to the book of Genesis, chapter 20, chapter 26, as we continue, we find that the family of Jacob was actually a dysfunctional family. A dysfunctional family because you find that um, Jacob himself, at some, at, at some mo a moment in time, Jacob was lost when it comes to, to living a life of purpose, living as a father, we find that he was lost himself. That's why he had four women, four women, and he had 12 children, 12 children. Imagine, 12 children. You trying to raise 12 children. And Jacob really loved a woman called Rachel. And when Jacob loved Rachel, something happened. God closed the womb of Rachel because Jacob resented Leah on the other side. And if I may take us back, we find that um, um, Jacob had actually been promised um, Rachel by Laban, who was the father-in-law. But on the day of the wedding, I don't know what happened, Nikama Alichezwa, and, and you find that he woke up in bed and he was with Leah. And he had to work seven years again. And then because of that, we find that favoritism started to run in the family. Favoritism started to run in the family and Jacob resented Leah and he loved Rachel and that's why the womb of Rachel was closed. And sometimes in families you may think that you are favor, favoring someone and you're actually helping that person. But in the real sense, you are imposing curses. You are shutting doors for that person. And then they get to a moment in time whereby Leah, the one that was resented, starts to give birth. And every time, and we're going to look at that, every time she gets a child, she names the child because of processing the resentment that she went through. To cut the long story, we find that Leah actually gets six children. Six. Rachel is still without a child. And this is the woman that Jacob loved. His spirit was with Rachel. But before Rachel came, physically he was with Leah. And now he's torn. He has four women. Zilpah. Zilpah was like a maid servant. And 
he also has children. And then Bilha was the, the maid servant of Rachel and they have children. And then it gets to a moment in time. Imagine you love this woman so much, but you have other children. And then it gets to a moment in time that you have your own son. You have your own son that you love so much. Now this is the 11th born. And you're so happy because the woman of your dreams, the woman that you loved so much, is the one that you have a child with. And Joseph comes. Joseph being the 11th born. I, I, I don't know whether you understand something about sibling, sibling rivalry. And, and you find that, imagine, just try to imagine feeding 12 children. 12 children. It, it was so difficult. It was so challenging. I think Jacob sometimes was being confused. Um, um, oh, okay, God, you're from which mother? I, I, I don't even know. Oh, where are your report cards? As in, just try to think of how challenging it was trying to raise 11 children. And then because Jacob was the man that really, really loved Joseph, he bought him, he made him a coat of many colors. A coat that he was trying to pass a message that this is my favorite son. All of you are my children, but this is my favorite son. And you see the moment you start favoritism, you make the family to become dysfunctional. You make the family to get to a place whereby there will be conflicts that will arise. And these are not healthy conflicts, but these are conflicts that will lead to the place whereby people will start labeling this other person that is being favored. And I remember growing up, my mother used to favor me because I am the only son in our family. And I remember being favored. My sisters used to label me. My, sister, my sisters used to say that I am so soft and I was the one who was being given money. And I am the one who will be done things. And, and I am the one who, who never went to a boarding school because I've never gone to a boarding school. All my other sisters went to a boarding school. And I remember each and every other time whenever we would buy bread my sister would fight with me and I'm this tiny guy and my sister as in dysfunctional families and I remember even at some point my mom and my sisters used to have an exchange of words because I was being favored you see what favoritism does in the family and then for a moment, the father had forgotten. After Joseph had told his brothers, I have a dream that one day you guys will come to bow to me. You guys will come and bow to me. And I think Joseph was very young. Um, the Bible says he was about 17 years. Imagine someone of 17 years trying to tell someone of 35 years. One day, well, <laughs> you will come and just think. And the Bible says that the brothers hated him the more. The brothers hated him. And that's why they started to dehumanize him. They started to speak all manner of words. And Jacob had forgotten that these brothers hated him. And then he told Joseph, I want you to go and see what they are doing. Go and check if they are okay. Go and see what is happening to them. And Joseph 
as little as as young as he is he goes to Shechem and then after going to Shechem he was told by another guy that no 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 go to Dothan and it was many many days around 3 days journey a boy of 17 years has been sent by a father that loves him so dearly and then the bible says that the brothers saw him and they said there is the dreamer shall we kill him imagine these are people that for 17 years they've celebrated your birthday these are people that for 17 years they've known you they've been with you they saw you being birthed they were there with you they've seen you go through high school or primary school and they've seen everything waliko wanaona manzee the first race uliko una make ukienda kuoga wewe unataka kuoga but unakimbia so your mom was running after you they saw everything and then they say let us kill this man let us kill this man there goes the dreamer here comes the dreamer and they say to each other imagine 11 brothers 11 people saying let us kill this man and it's so interesting that even in a company of bad people you can find someone that has good intentions and one of the brothers say no 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 let's let's not kill kill him let's throw him into this system and then we leave him as in nini ndo inafanya unafika place mpaka unataka kuwa your own and then joseph as little as he is he can't even fight one of the brothers says no 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 let's let's sell him to the ishmaelites so that he can be sold in egypt and they sold him selling a child and then they dipped and they stripped him off of of his robe and and they wanted to kill him but it got to a point that they sold him because of favoritism one and then the second thing is there's something that we learned about family myths i'm going to explain it in relation to the context family myths these are the things that protect members from facing certain painful truths a typical myth is that of family harmony especially for conflict avoiding families they were avoiding conflict the father knew that joseph was hated but he did nothing and 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 they used projective identification i'm going to explain one family member is is delegated to be the bad one from all the others and he's like the bad seed and in counseling we call that person the ip an ip for example for me and my three sisters we get rained on so heavily and then we became sick the one that manifests the sickness um that is visible that becomes the ip yet all of us have been rained on 
all of us have issues. All of us have to be sorted. All of us need help. And then myths. These are defenses that families use to cover their faults and, and challenges that need to be handled. And then, again, there's something called family secrets. And I'm speaking in relation to the family of, of, of Jacob. These are those behaviors or beliefs or traditions or feelings which cannot be openly communicated between family members. Not only does each particular secret bit of information exist in itself, but there's continuum, continuum of family secrecy which pervades the culture of family. And secrets develop out of sense of fear the father feared to address that issue, maybe. Guilt or shame as well as out of a sense of belonging to an exclusive group. Fear is related to the presumed consequences of the revelation of the secret. This revelation might prove the destruction of an organiza of, of organization and structure of the family unit. That's why the family became dysfunctional and the expulsion of the member who dared to start the communication process might occur. And there's a guy who said that when it comes to family secrets, when it comes to such things and we don't address them, you are as sick as your secrets. And in the classic metaphor, family secrets are like the elephant in the room that no one ever talks about. Eventually, the elephant grows and takes over the room, spraying its waste on everyone and making it impossible for everyone else to be in the room. And still, no one ever talks about the elephant. This is a guy called David Stu. And Joseph, he was a man who feared God. He was a man who knew about God. But he was at a place that he sold. Because he didn't choose to be the father's favorite. He didn't choose to be in that family. But he's at a place that he's spoken the vision. He's spoken where he's going. He's spoken. He's verbalized. He's gotten to a place that he thought that his brothers were going to be happy with him. He thought that his brothers were going to celebrate him. But he's at a place whereby the people that he thought will support him are actually killing him. Anyway, he gets to a place. He was purchased by an Egyptian officer, captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And then he starts working at Potiphar's house. He starts working at Potiphar's house. I'm trying to picture what was going through Joseph's mind. But I think what he was singing is, You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. And he was faithful in serving. He was faithful. And that was like a glimpse of him being in the place that God had called him. 
the Bible says that the Lord was with, was with Joseph even in the, in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the place that he was planted, the place that he was at Potiphar's household. And he was put in charge of everything except Potiphar's wife. And Joseph gets to a moment in time remember all these things he did not orchestrate he's at a place of of he's in a land whereby he knows no one he knows no relative he, there are no telephone calls telephones that he can call someone there there are no letters no telegram someone who is 17 years maybe maybe he was on recess and he had been taken to Egypt while he was on recess so he never even went to school back to school and he's at a place whereby Potiphar's wife sees him as an object of pleasure. He sees him as an object of pleasure and, and, and Joseph was at a place whereby he says, why should I do such a wicked thing to God? Because he knew that the Lord was with him. He knew that God was walking with him. He knew that the Lord will never have left him or forsaken him. He knew and that's why he focused on where he was and he knew that the Lord was with him. And he's at a place that Joseph, he runs, he flees. How can I do such a wicked thing? And one of the things that we can actually learn from this story of this man, as we are on our journey when it comes to family, when it comes to living life, may we get to the place that we see the challenges that we are facing as long as we have God, as long as we have God. The things, whenever Potiphar, Potiphar's wife comes to us, we will not call it a struggle, but we will call it a wicked thing. And this is one of the challenges with us young people. We see such things as a struggle, yet it's a wicked thing. And then Joseph moves from the frying pan into the fire. Potiphar's wife flips the story. Joseph, someone who had a dream, is in a place that thrown into prison and he's in a prison he's thrown in prison and in the bible in the book of Psalms says that he wasn't just seated in the prison but he was in shackles and the shackles were had some spikes that will inflict pain on you and he was going through pain and sometimes you have to endure pain as long as god gives you a vision sometimes you have to endure pain because god is teaching you something through the pain and Joseph, being a relational person, you know sometimes when we get a vision, when we get a vision, when we get a vision, we focus on the vision alone and we, we, we don't focus on the people that God brings in our lives. The people that come that are struggling, the people that come that are going through a difficult time. And Joseph has these two people. One was the cup bearer and the other one was the, was the baker and there something had been, had been done, something had happened and they were thrown into, into the dungeon. King James, I think, uses the word dungeon. And when they were thrown in that place, 
place. Joseph was so concerned about these people. Joseph was not enthused about his suffering. He wasn't focusing on the things that the brothers had done. Yes, he had it at the back of his mind, but he was so concerned that he will go to this man. Um, um, he will go to this man, the cup bearer and the chief baker, and he will show concern and he will interpret the dreams of these people. And after interpreting the dreams of these people, especially for the one of the cup bearer, Joseph told that man, man please don't forget. Please remember me. Remember me. Remember me. And the Bible says that for 42, for 24 months, 24 months, two years, he was forgotten. He was forgotten for two years. He was forgotten, nothing. He was still in pain. How can you be in a place of torment? How can you be in a place that you are struggling? You yourself are confined. You did not sign up to be in that place. But you yourself have the solutions for other people. People can come to you with solutions on how to go through life, on how to date. But you yourself, you are the one who is giving them solutions. And you yourself, you are as single as a mango seed. You yourself, you're stuck there. How can you be in a place you're giving people ways on how to be financially stable, financially wealthy? You yourself are giving people solutions on how to solve math problems, be it in school, be it whichever place, but you yourself are stuck. But Joseph, he was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful in the place that he was in. And I want you to remember the story that he did not sign up to be in that place. Two years later, something happens. Pharaoh, Pharaoh was a title. Pharaoh has a dream. And the dream is that there are going to be seven years of, of abundance and then seven years of drought. And this is where now the disappointment of Joseph turns out to be something that God was working it out for his good. And Joseph is remembered because the cupbearer said, there's someone I know, there's someone I know, someone that I had forgotten in the dungeon someone that was stuck in prison, someone that I, 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 I know, I know he will interpret your dream. You see how God places people in our lives. As long as we continue to just walk this walk, as long as we know that even though people intended it for evil, God is using all this for the good of them that love the Lord. And then they get to a moment that Joseph is shaved. Joseph is taken. Joseph is taken to, to Pharaoh's presence. And something that happened that really moved me is his name changes. His name changes from Joseph, God will add, to Zaphenath Panea, which means one who discovers hidden things one who preserves life and we're going to look at that and then Joseph 
Remember, he's gone through pain. There's no place the Bible says that he remembered the pain that he is going through until the moment that the dream he had spoken about, I think it was two years when they were in the year of drought. Two years, Jacob sends the children. Jacob sends the, the other brothers and tells them, go down to Egypt and you are going to buy food. And when they go, Joseph sees the brothers and he knows, he remembers. Because one thing I've learned about forgiveness, you know, some people say that you forgive and forget, but I can, I can negate that to some point. There are some things that you can't forget. But the way you use them, you use them because God has worked in you. And I'm going to explain that in, in, in a moment. And Joseph sees them and he tells them, you guys are spies. But he was speaking through an interpreter. You guys are spies. And I want you to know that during that time, Joseph looked different. His head was shaved and he, he looked different. And the brothers could not even identify him. And the brothers went and, and Joseph tries, not tries, he tests them. He tests them so that he will bring them back to a place that they will understand that the evil that they did for their brother is not something that someone should go, go through. And Joseph tells them, I want you to leave Simeon so that I know that you guys are not spies. Go and bring the child that you've left. And this is now Joseph's blood brother. Benjamin. Imagine Joseph became prime minister when he was 30. He left his brothers when he was 17. You haven't been raised by your father. You are in a foreign land. You don't even understand the language. You know nothing. You haven't gone to school. Maybe he was seated in the dungeon and he was like, Manzi, now my brothers are going to school and all these things are happening. But you, yourself, is risen to the rank of second in command in Egypt. And then the brothers come and he puts them to test. And then the brothers, I'm fast forwarding this story. And then the brothers go to Egypt, go, sorry, to Canaan. And Joseph had put sacks of food and even the money that they had paid, Joseph told the, the, his, his servant, I want you to put everything back. And then they go back and they tell Jacob, Manzin, we went there. And then the man that was living there and is in charge of everything told us, Manzin, let's go with the son that we've left behind. And Jacob was like, no, 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 no. You guys, Joseph went, he never came back. And now you want Benjamin to go. You see how sometimes we can become attached to people. And sometimes life, we may lose many things. We may lose something that is so dearly to us that you hold on to what you have left. That you will find it so difficult to release it because you remember the pain. You remember as in, as in Jacob for 17 years he loved this young man and then this young man is erased from the face of the earth the only thing that he could hold so dearly and remember is the coat that was dipped in an animal's blood and seeing Benjamin and he will say no 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 no. there's no way you guys can take this child 
You see how sometimes life can hit us so bad. You can lose your job. You can lose your friends. You can lose whichever thing. But you get hold on to that which remains. And you're not willing to release it. And then Jacob releases because Judah speaks to Jacob and says, if he doesn't come, we will die. Because there's famine. Remember the name of Joseph is preserver of life. And it got to a moment that Joseph went, uh, not Joseph, the brothers went with Benjamin and Joseph sat them from the youngest, from the oldest to the youngest. He was sending a message. He was sending a message. The brothers could not read into the lines, in between the lines. And you know, one thing about forgiveness, I have five points, I'm not going to explain them. One thing about forgiveness, you know, we usually speak that forgiveness is about the victim, but also forgiveness is also about the person that victimized the other person. And that's why Joseph was taking them through that process so that they will come to their mind and see the evil thing that they had done. Joseph is second in command. He could have revenged. But something about forgiveness, to extend forgiveness, we must take our proper place before God. And we read it in verse 19. We must take our proper place before God. And Joseph said, am I in the place of God? Romans 12, 19 says, vengeance belongs to the Lord. And another thing, we must believe God is sovereign, sovereignly working for our good. And Joseph is at a place that the Bible says that he sees his brothers seated. And he went and he started crying. He started weeping. The Bible says he wept. You know what to weep is. The Bible says that he wept until the people that were outside were like, what's happening? This is our leader crying. And he wept. And he arranged for a feast and then he came and saw and he went back and he wept. He wept so bitterly because to him he was saying there is no need for me to, to revenge because the fruition of the dream has come to pass. And there was a time that the brothers went and bowed down and then another thing about forgiveness is to extend forgiveness we must give up trying to hurt others back to extend forgiveness we must give up trying to hurt others back another one about forgiveness is we must speak the truth in love Joseph was weeping and me my thinking is he was going to that place he was weeping and remembering
revealed himself and told them, I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph. I'm, I'm, I'm Joseph, your brother. Remember, I had mentioned that the name Joseph means God will add. And in other words, he was trying to communicate to them, look, look at what God has done. God has already added. God has added. God has added. I was someone who was going through a difficult time, but just look, look, God has added. And he didn't speak about him being Zafenat Panea. And his brothers were like, oh my God, this is the young person that we actually sold. And they were feeling embarrassed. They were feeling so angry. They were feeling so bitter. And they were feeling so mad. They were like, this man is going to revenge. This man is going to do it. Um, um, he's, going, he's going to make us slaves. This man is going to impose slavery and we are going to pay back. Pay back. We are going to pay back. It's like karma has come back to us. And Joseph told them, you guys, you did it to harm me. But God, God turned it and something about families we've heard from the story of Joseph sometimes you may even speak of great ideas that you have but sometimes our mothers are the first people to shoot us down sometimes our sisters our siblings are the first people to even hate on us Joseph is. Joseph teaches us something called grace. He went through all that pain so that the entire world will be saved because of famine. He went through all that and sometimes there's someone here you may be going through that situation, that challenge. You may be going through a time whereby you see things are, 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 things are, are, are not falling into place when you are trying your best. You may be at a place but one thing that I want to tell you is just hold on there. Hold on to that place. You don't have to worry. Maybe you're living in a place that you yourself you're questioning. Maybe you are at a place that you are wondering will anything come out of this place? Will anything come out? Something good from me. I want to speak to you today that Joseph went through it. Joseph understood and some things will look at them from a hindsight. And that's why we will be able to sing like Joseph.
were going to South Africa in 2015 and many people, not all people, many people in South Africa, they are bitter, they are resentful, they are mad, they, they, are, they are going through a time that they will speak back at you in a bad way. I remember going to, to, to a hotel and, and I remember ordering um, ordering food and that one smoke, spoke to me so badly that I even did not want to eat. And he's a waiter. And I remember the guy that was hosting us. He's a, he's a white guy raised, born and raised in South Africa. And he told me that most people in South Africa are struggling with because of what they went through, because of apartheid. I know what happened happened. And something that he was telling us, he was telling us that there are many people in South Africa, especially old people, that are going through um, um, sicknesses because they have been holding anger for so long. They have been they have been at a place whereby they are resentful when you hear them speak, they speak things that are so negative, they can they, they can curse you, they can speak many bad words because of what the enemy did for them. People are suffering sicknesses. You go to hospital, doctors cannot figure out what you're suffering from, but it's because you are harboring, you are harboring, you are bottling things that have been done to you. And one of the ways that you can get out of these things is forgiveness. And back to the story of Joseph. Joseph went through that so that he would extend grace. And grace is something that empowers. Grace is something that empowers us to do things that we cannot do. And that's why Joseph had the grace to extend. Joseph had the grace to forgive the brothers for the things that he had done. They had done to him. Grace is costly to the person that gives, but free to the person that receives. Grace is costly. Think of what he went through. That's why he learned that to forgive, I forgive because I know people make mistakes. I forgive because I know that this person was being used of the devil. I forgive because if I if I, if I harbor all these things, I know I know that I will not be fruitful. I might even enter into depression because of my own unforgiveness. And Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ went through all these things, and then he got to a place that he extended grace. Joseph is, is a type of Christ, and Joseph had a coat of many colors. You find that Jesus, he had his, his coat stripped. Joseph was hated by his brother. You find that Jesus was also hated by his brothers. Joseph married um, Asenak, who was an Egyptian, and Joseph is, is the bride, and he was, he was a Hebrew man, and Jesus Christ is a Hebrew, and as the Gentiles, we are the bride, and we find that also Joseph, something about Joseph is, Joseph was so loved and God also so loved um, 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 Jesus and we find that there are many things that we can relate to this and Joseph was the one who saved the entire world at that time and Jesus is the one who is also who is also saving the world and Jesus Christ was hurt to the place of death 
He was hurt. He was beaten. He was wounded. He was spat on. He was hated. But he still looked at the people that hung him on that tree. And he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. And I finish by saying this. Someone who doesn't know forgiveness does not know what Jesus did on the cross. I want us to rise to our feet. How is your heart? With our heads bowed, how is your heart? Where is your heart? Are there people that have caused pain? Maybe you are like Joseph. Maybe you are in a prison. And a prison is not something that is limited to a, 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 a literal prison. Maybe you are at a place that you are struggling when it comes to maybe finances. You, 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 you are struggling or, or you are at a season whereby you are lacking something. And maybe you are looking back because maybe no one supported you. Because no one helped you. Are you at a place that you are carrying bitterness? Are you at a place that you are carrying anger? And you see the other person and God is calling us. God is calling us to follow the path of Joseph. I want us to bow down our heads. Maybe you're saying, I just need prayers. Just lift up your hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Just lift it and put it down. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Just lift it and put it down. With our heads bowed. Just lift up your hand and put it down. You're lifting up your hand as an act of knowing that God is the one who is able. God is the one who is able. I want you to look back at what maybe you've gone through. But now look at it from a perspective that God is turning all these things for your good. I want you to look back and just see that God is something that God is actually doing. I want you to look back and, and in the pain and in the pain, I want you to, to, to know that God is doing something. God is birthing something. You have to go through the pain. You have to be crossed sometimes so that you will be crowned. And I want you to that even though you are going through this difficult time, I want you to know even though you are going through this time whereby you are having questions on the people that you thought will help you, the people that you thought will support you, they are not in the picture, but God was actually trying to erase that and let you know that he is the only one who will take you to the place that what the worship team was speaking, the promises, the fruition of the promises. 
God will use that pain. God will use that problem. God will use that suffering. God will use that situation. Because if God did it for Joseph, if God did it in the times of Joseph, he is the God who never changes. He is the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is at a place that he is using our scripts. He is using our life stories so that one day we will look back and we will say, you take what the enemy, you take what the enemy meant for evil. They wanted me dead. They wanted me not to have that job. They wanted me not to have that position. They wanted me not to be in that family. They did not want me to be in that family. They did not want me to experience the goodness of God. But God is taking all those things, all those things, all those things, and you are turning it for the good. Because God, I want to focus on you. I want to focus on you. Yes, I have been ostracized, but God, I know that I am with you. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're saying you want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand. Thank you for that hand. You're saying you want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift it up high so that we can see it. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Leaders, you can help me. Thank you. You're saying you want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand so that I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just repeat this prayer with our, all our heads bowed. Say, Lord, today I am a new creature. Thank you for accepting me into your family. The old is gone and the new has come. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. Thank you for having me into your family. In Jesus' name. Still with our heads bowed. Father, I pray for each and every one of us. Help us, O King of Glory, to learn forgiveness. Teach us to extend forgiveness. Teach us, O God, because relationships are built on forgiveness. Father, I pray that you help us to grow in you. For you are faithful. You are faithful, O God. Father, may we remember the heartache, the pain that maybe we are experiencing now. And may we just come to you. Give us the grace, empower us to stand. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. Thank you, Lord of Lords. Father, thank you for restoring our hearts. Thank you, O King of Glory, for even the things that we can't change. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. I'll say that relationships are built on forgiveness. Relationships are built on forgiveness. As we continue to do life, 
may we learn to extend grace because it's only grace which is Jesus that we need grace for the challenges that we face and even as we leave I'd like to mention to our visitors the ones that have come to this church since January you were new you came to this church since January and you've made this church your home church I want you to remain behind because we are going to walk you to the main sanctuary where we have our luncheon I usually say that you guys come as visitors but you leave as friends and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore Amen. God bless you to have an amazing week. Thank you.